How did we get to midlife already? Welcome to the Midlife Club podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Jeanette. And I'm Donna. We're going to talk to you about relatable topics like life, love, parenting teenagers, and what we've learned the first side of 40, and what we still have to learn on the other half. Sometimes our podcast contains some strong language, so if that's not for you, that's okay. But if it is, then let's get started. Hello, and welcome to the Midlife Club podcast. Today, Jeanette and I are joined with Dr. Fairhat Uden and our former guest, Sabrina Zeif, both of the Liberty Health Clinic in London, England. They're here to talk perimenopause and menopause. Dr. Uden is a GP with a special interest in menopause care. She graduated as a doctor in 2004 from King's College in London. She has a diploma in women's health with further training in Guy's Hospital Menopause Clinic. She practices at an NHS GP practice in Surrey and Parkside Menopause Clinic in Wimbledon. As founder of Liberty Clinics, her vision is to revolutionize menopause care. She is passionate in helping women make fully informed choices and attain better health. With an interest in education, she teaches GP trainees and GPs on women's health and menopause. Joining her is Sabrina. Sabrina is the midlife food guru, providing food inspiration for midlife, menopause, and beyond. Working in health and food industry for more than 10 years, she is a registered nutritional therapist, accomplished chef, and founder of The Menopause Chef, ambassador for The Real Food Campaign UK, and co-author of the book Natural Menopause with Dr. Anne Henderson. Having experienced a lack of support during her own menopause, Sabrina now combines her nutrition expertise with her love for food to help women embrace change and guide them on how best to use good nutrition to support a positive menopause. Her ultimate passion is bringing fun and connection back to food and women's health. Her approach is simple, celebrate and savor. We are so happy to have these two women joining us today on our two-part podcast. So let's get started with part one. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us today. Today, we are talking menopause. And we're talking with... Yes, Jeanette's favorite right now. (laughs) We're talking with one of our former guests, Sabrina, the food guru who we love. And we're talking with Dr. Farrat Uden. She is a menopause guru as well. So we're just going to jump in and start with our questions. So um, Ah. perimenopause and menopause affects women in different ways. So what are the usual symptoms and what are some symptoms that were overlooked? So that's a great question. Um, And actually, the answer I could go on forever. The symptoms vary a lot. Mm -hmm. And actually... Menopause can affect every single system in our body because we have estrogen receptors all over our body. But, I mean, the most common thing we see are mood changes, um, so anxiety or depression, poor sleep. Um, And I see women who may come to their GP complaining of these symptoms and um, are often incorrectly treated with antidepressants. Mm. Um, But also physical changes, hot flushes, sweats, Irregular periods, um, worsening of PMT, that premenstrual tension, that can often get really bad in perimenopause. But yeah, muscle pains and, you know, vaginal dryness or change in libido. These are things that can often just creep up on you. And and women don't often know what's causing them. Yeah. Do you think like symptoms can be hereditary? Like what my mum had, 
I could have it? Or do you think we're just all different that way? So I think there's definitely a genetic component. And we, we do see that different um, women from different ethnic backgrounds will have quite similar symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I think lifestyle also has a really big impact. And Sabrina will tell you how important food is. And I think yeah. we see that a lot. So if you, you have a stress, a stressful lifestyle will we'll bring on menopause earlier. Um, and, and definitely a poor diet as well will we'll, possibly bring on menopause earlier so there's a genetic but a lifestyle component too okay so sabrina can diet or any specific foods help with any of our awful symptoms that we have like hot flashes yeah absolutely um diet in general um we need to have a good diet so when when we kind of get to midlife we kind of need to maybe take stock and stop and, and just kind of have a look at what what, what's happening with our diet and our lifestyle? Because what's happening is things start slowing down, mm-hmm. right? Like our metabolism too. Okay, so if we look at specific foods, um, phytoestrogens, which are compounds that bind to estrogen receptors, and um, they help to balance your hormones. Japanese women in general have very little hot flashes. Mm-hmm. Imagine that. And it, it is attributed to possibly a diet because they have a lot, they eat a lot of soy, but they eat a lot of um, natural foods, seafood and fresh vegetables and things like that. Yeah. So, okay, so how do we get something similar to that? We can um, have things like soybeans, tofu, tempeh. We get all that now in the grocery. But mm-hmm. flax seeds, well, flax seeds could be like midlife superfood because you can get that anywhere. Mm-hmm. And that's a good source of phytoestrogen. And it's loaded with things like protein and carbs and fiber as well. Mm-hmm. Um, another good way to look at is if you look at a Mediterranean diet, that's a good place to start because a Mediterranean diet is high in vegetables and fruit, legumes, nuts, beans, whole grains, fish, and they don't, and, and good fats like olive oil and nuts. But they don't have a lot of things like meat and dairy in their in their diet. Right. Actually, the last time that, we talked to you, you mentioned flax seeds, and I actually started putting mm-hmm. them in my smoothies more. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. You can put them in smoothies. You can put them in your porridge. You can bake with them. But yeah. another thing I want to mention is you got to you got to look at it. We have a lot of digestive problems. Do you ladies ever have you found that all of a sudden bloated or yeah. oh. flatulent? <laughs> yeah. You know, never. Bit, Never. <laughs> Ladies don't fart. It does not even happen. Okay. Well, I'll confess that was one of my major problems. Yeah. It was rather embarrassing. But yeah. you got to look at what's happening to gut health as well, because mm-hmm. our gut bacteria is really important for things like mental health, digestion. They're responsible for our happy hormone, serotonin. So, yeah. And as we age, unfortunately, the our gut bacteria also ages with us. So mm-hmm. you want to boost that. Um, and we can do that with things like kefir, mm-hmm. natural yogurt, mm-hmm. sauerkraut, any kind of fermented food will actually um, be useful. And if you could just have a bit of really good natural yogurt, and I'm not talking about the kind that's got fruit in it that you buy already pre-made. Yeah. Because that stuff just chock full of shit. Sugar, yeah. It's all good, though. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's the problem. It, yeah. you know, it, And then you want more. It's designed yeah. that way. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Farad, do we have any data on a percentage of women who also experience anxiety at this time? Like, I've noticed in the past couple of years, I always considered myself to be sort of a laid back person, but my anxiety lately is like 
through the roof. I don't know if it's teenagers or perimenopause, but... <laughs> Absolutely. It's, all it's the such a common symptom. Um, I think I think studies do suggest that about 20 to 25% of women in perimenopause will suffer with anxiety. So perimenopause is, it, it's the stage leading up to the menopause. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a high number. That's one in four of us. Yeah, that's high. But yeah, I mean, other psychological symptoms too. So low mood depression, mm-hmm. brain fog is, is the other one, you know, word finding difficulties. That's, that's a huge one. And, you know, I've had women come to me telling, telling me in their forties saying, I think I've got dementia. I can't remember things. So, yeah. but yeah, anxiety plus other psychological symptoms, it's they're really, really common. And they just, they creep up on you in the perimenopause. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they really do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so in terms of hormone replacement therapy, what are the benefits and what are the drawbacks? Like, I know there's there's information. Some people will say it's a higher risk of cancer if you go on them. Some people say it's not. So, what do you what can you tell us about uh, hormone replacement therapy? Absolutely. Well, well, this is this is the question I think that women just struggle with, and it's it's the question that's asked me all the time. You know, is it safe? And I think you know the reason being is is um, there was quite a flawed study about 20 years ago that the media covered really badly mm-hmm. and it looked at sort of the risks in terms of breast cancer um heart disease but they looked at much much older women and the older types of HRT that we give but what we now know with with the more modern day HRT is that for most women the benefits will outweigh the risks okay and I mean the benefits it's it's the it's the big three dementia, heart disease, and osteoporosis. We know that your risk of dementia, heart disease, and osteoporosis will come down with HRT. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So it, it's something that that bit isn't publicised in the media, but yeah. the risks are there, but they're, they're relatively small. I mean, we're, we're talking, I mean, we're talking in terms of the risk of breast cancer, it's probably the same increased risk that you would get from having a glass of wine a day. That's that's the kind of risk we're talking. Okay. Um, and what I what I tell women is, actually, if you go on HRT, if you feel better and you start exercising and you start losing weight, your overall risk of breast cancer is, is, is going to come, come down dramatically mm-hmm. because we know that obesity, lack of exercise, those things are actually much bigger risk factors. So you have to look at the overall picture. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, there's a, there's a small increased risk, but everything in in perspective. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. What if you have a cancer, um, strong cancer line in your family? Like both, I lost both my parents to cancer, um, yeah. their kids, aunts, uncles, it's strong. So it, it's, it's something that we will always look at and we will always take a really thorough history so it's not all cancers it's hormone dependent cancers that we look at so yes breast cancer um some ovarian cancers some cervical cancers but it doesn't it doesn't necessarily rule you out of hrt and that that's a common misconception i will hear that so many times oh my my doctor wouldn't give it to me because my mum had breast cancer but what age did she have breast cancer at you know how many other people in your family are affected Mm -hmm. so we would always do a really thorough risk analysis, but generally, if it's if it's just the one family member affected, you you can still have HRT. Oh, okay, that's um, good to know. But we would it would always be on a individual basis, right? 
Right. So Sabrina, can do I you... say, um, Sorry, in terms ahead. of having had HRT myself and I'm still on it, yeah. it's made a massive difference in my life. Yeah. I mean, I was able to, to do what uh, in six months, what I couldn't do in two years. Wow. But what really, what was really um, the thing that hit home was when my husband said, it's nice to have his wife back. Yeah. When yeah. my daughter said, mom, you went loopy. Yeah, and you know, you, you do it. you truly yeah. you think you're going yeah. nuts. You think, you're but you don't it. see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't see it till you get out of it. So I mean, it's made a massive difference. I mean, you know, I'm not getting off of it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. So, and how long have you been on it, Sabrina? Um, probably three years now. Three years, eh? Yeah, I wish I had gotten on it much sooner. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but I, I would, and Farrah, we'll talk about this later. I was, ha- I had migraines. Um, that's what I just started with. Yeah. yeah. Out my, of the blue. My, yeah. But my migraines used to be stress related with work previously. Mm-hmm. And then I started having, trauma, you know, more migraines. But if you have had migraines or headaches, you can, it can just precipitate. But, uh, and so my doctor said I couldn't have it. And so I got antidepressant instead, mm-hmm. which for, to treat the hot flushes. And I stayed on that for quite a few years until I, 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 I learned more about menopause. And mm-hmm. then I went and saw somebody else. Yeah. yeah, that's good. That's sort of where yeah. I'm at right now. That's good information. It is. So, Sabrina, do you think that we need to be taking a collagen supplement? I know we touched on this before, but, I, you know, it's been so predominant now on social media. Yeah. Oh, you got to take it. You got to take it. Like, what's your thoughts? Okay. First of all, my field is food. Mm-hmm. I will always start with food first. Mm-hmm. And that's where my expertise is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The thing we're having now, it's like it's like before we had what were the superfoods, and now all of a sudden we got all this marketing spiel about collagen. Yeah. Okay. I think I think we have to be wary that if we take things that you need to have somebody specialize in these supplements or whatever to to take it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So my thing would be collagen. Yeah, we're getting older, and so our collagen supplies are getting depleted. And okay, so are you ladies worried about wrinkles? Or what are you worried yeah. about that you're worried about taking a college, collagen? Honestly, I feel like it's like a social pressure that, oh, you yeah. should be taking this. So then, you know, yeah. I, yeah, I feel like you have to take it. But really, I shouldn't listen yeah. to the masses all the time. <laughs> no, because you're going to be listening to like my sister telling me about the COVID vaccination and what people are saying there in Trinidad. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, so here's the thing. If you want to take collagen, which is really good for you, bone broth is really the best yes. natural way you can make it or you can buy it. Yeah. But here's the thing. If you're taking a collagen supplement, that's all you're going to get. Okay. If you take bone, bone broth, that's full of minerals and vitamins. That helps to strengthen your bones. It's got essential fatty acids in it. It is digestion, you know, mm-hmm. and it helps with all kinds of other things. So I can't just, I can't answer on should you be taking a, a collagen supplement. Yeah. Um, you, you'd have to go and, and, and I would say see somebody, um, a specialist. Why would you want to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful, yeah. Donna. Why? Would... why? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> listen, okay. And here, put the, park this thought for when we talk about other supplements. How long yeah. are you going to take it for? Yeah. At what cost? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Well, and also the, the safety. I mean, how can you verify the safety of these products? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, with, with medicines, they're regulated. They're regulated over here by the MHRA or, you know, mm-hmm. by you guys, for you guys, by the FDA. Mm-hmm. But supplements aren't. And we just we just have no 
way of really knowing what's in them. Yeah, and mixing um, the wrong thing too, I'm sure. Exactly. Yeah. And can I just add that the actually the best way of increasing collagen is HRT. So oh. we need estrogen to make collagen. That's that's how our bodies make collagen, and that's why we lose collagen as women as we get older. Uh-huh. Um, so, I mean, again, if you are on HRT, you're going to be making more collagen. Mm-hmm. as well as elastin for the skin, as well as, you know, strengthening your bones. So I would, I mean, we know that HRT is regulated. That's that's all I'm going, going to say. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that's good. Like that. <clears throat> so sometimes, this one's, this one's a touchy subject this for me. Home sometimes for doctors don't <laughs> diagnose women with menopause. Um, when you go in and talk about sort of the symptoms that you're feeling, sometimes they'll say, oh, it's stress, you know, here's an antidepressant, try this. So personally, when I was at the doctor last time, um, she was worried that I'd be too young to be perimenopause. But I fit every single symptom. So she did do blood work and she said my hormones were within normal range. So what do I do with that information? What do women do? Because I know I'm not the only one. What do I do with that? Because I know I'm not crazy. I know I'm feeling these things. (laughs) I mean, you're not alone. I think I hear this every week. Um, I mean, the, the whole premise that it's stress they're not wrong. Stress definitely does affect our hormones. And we know that stress has an effect on our cortisol level, and that can affect our production of estrogen. But if you've got all the symptoms of menopause, it's it's more than just stress. It's mm-hmm. it's due to the fact that your, you know, your ovaries are not producing enough estrogen. And what I would say, and, and this is this is the thing, doctors can be so hesitant to prescribe it for menopause because they will say, it's just natural. This is something that you just have to get on with. Yes. But if you've got, say, a thyroxine deficiency, so if you've got a poorly functioning thyroid gland, mm-hmm. you would expect thyroxine replacement. Mm-hmm. So I think you'd be completely justified in asking for estrogen replacement in the menopause because that's essentially what it is. It's your ovaries are just not producing enough estrogen. Hmm. Um, what if the blood test came back and I was told that the all hormone levels were fine? So that's that's the thing. And w- what it is, is the hormone levels are not accurate in perimenopause. In perimenopause, our hormones go up and down. So what we look for as doctors is we do a blood test for something called FSH, follicle-stimulating hormone. And that's a hormone produced by our brain telling our ovaries to produce more estrogen. So that goes up, but it also goes down in perimenopause. It goes up and down. So when you get your blood test done, it's mm-hmm. just a snapshot in time. And and a lot of the times it's done when your FSH levels have come down. I, we, it, over here, we only do blood tests. We've, we've been told to only do blood tests for women under the age of 45. If you're over 45, you have all the symptoms. I wouldn't even do a blood test. Mm-hmm. I would just pre- prescribe HIT if that's what you wanted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Under the age of 45, the, re- the main reason we do it is, is to rule out other conditions. I mm-hmm. would do it to make sure it's not your thyroid gland or it's not anemia or it's not something else more worrying. But actually, I'd say what, 50% of the time we get a positive FSH that can clinch the diagnosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So I know that we, is. Yeah, that's good to know. So we, I know we touched mm-hmm. on this like a couple minutes ago, but like for Jeanette, she's had migraines that have come on. Like, is that is that a normal thing? I've never had a migraine in my life until a month ago. 
had three. Yeah. Um, yes, it's 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 very very common. Um, so it's the terrible. reason being, they're, they're they're so disabling as well. My my husband suffers from migraine, and you know I I, I watch him, and it's it's it can really wreck your day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, I mean, and the interesting thing is, it's such a common thing in menopause and perimenopause. And I've seen patients that have, you know, they've been sent to neurologists, they've had brain scans, they've had all sorts of things, but no one's ever thought to ask them, you know, are your periods a bit irregular? Um, Because perimenopause, so we we know that if your estrogen levels are fluctuating, that can trigger a migraine. Um, So it's really common in perimenopause, we see women to get mainly premenstrual migraines because that's when your estrogen levels are the lowest. Yeah. Um, that's when they came. These women, yeah, and, and these women, I find, respond really well to a hormone patch because you get a steady release of estrogen. And once your levels are really steady, you don't get those migraines. Hmm. The that's only right other thing I'll say is there's a, <laughs> there's a slightly different type. So you've got migraine with aura and you've got migraine without aura. So the aura is when you get a bright light. Yes, before I, you have get. It, I have so it with the aura. I thought I was having a so- stroke. I thought I was stroking out. I was <laughs> getting ready to call my partner and be like, take me to the hospital. This is oh, it. It can be really yeah. worrying. It can be really oh, scary. Yeah. Um, and for those women, I would say you can have HRT, but we would always give it a bit more cautiously. So it's slightly different if you've got aura. You have to start with a really small dose. And you have to wean it up really gradually because in women with aura, the estrogen can actually trigger a migraine. So you have to do it really gradually. But if you've got that steady level and you'll reach a point where it's, it just works, mm-hmm. your migraines will go and you'll feel much, much better. Um, so that would be my advice. Hmm. Okay. But, but doctors don't always see it like that. No. Yes. Well, I got lots of information to go with next yeah. time. <laughs> All of us were so like, it was like a light bulb went on. What's with sugar cravings and menopause? Like, I will beat my children to get to their chocolate sources. Like, oh, yeah. my way! <laughs> That's fine! And they're teenagers. They're bigger than me. <laughs> yeah, cravings are something that, that has, is, it, it, women can have in menopause. So... The big thing you need to do and look at is trying to eat such that you have a balanced blood sugar throughout the day. Okay. Mm-hmm. So not starving yourself or skipping mm-hmm. breakfast, having good quality protein um, and fiber with your food. Because say you just have um, toast and jam mm-hmm. that's and white toast and jam. That's just full of sugar. Mm-hmm. What happens is that sugar quickly gets into your bloodstream, you know, and then and then um, you cr- you crash and you want more. But cravings are quite common, especially for sugar stuff. So the best thing to do really for this craving is to have a good, really good balanced diet. It could be that there, there it's a new, other nutrients that are deficient, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it's been shown some things like chromium and stuff. But if you start eating really good, balance so we're talking um, protein we're talking good complex carbs we're talking fruit and vegetables and when you're having that craving mm-hmm. instead of reaching for the chocolate could you reach for an apple instead oh well i could <laughs> i could sabrina i could and i should <laughs> okay what fruit do you like I like all fruits 
I okay. like all fruits. And I'm going to be honest with you. The last, I'd say, month, I've been eating a lot healthier. I've been working out like six days a week. The sugar mm-hmm. cravings have definitely gotten better. Mm-hmm. I'm finding that I'm not salivating at the thought of it anymore. Before, <laughs> seriously, I was raiding. I got my teenagers Easter chocolate, and I was sneaking into their room, you know? <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I mean, estrogen does affect, you know... Um, our digestion, it affects, and our menopause symptoms can get worse. Um, you can also, the, all this sugar craving, here, think about this, all that sugar you're eating, all the bad bacteria in your gut, they're having a party oh. because they're feeding on that sugar. And hey, you know that flatulence you never have? Yeah. Or that bloating you never have? Sabrina, don't We don't do that, Sabrina. <laughs> We're ladies. <laughs> But Jeanette, Just what kidding. you need to do don't is... Don't ask my husband. Don't ask him. He'll, yeah, he'll don't tell ask you something him. different. <laughs> you need to put like a bowl of fruit and then put like the chocolate behind it. So then yeah. you, you feel well, that okay. guilt. You if can you... eat for the fruit to get to the chocolate. <laughs> yeah, try, that. try that when you get that craving. How about also having some nuts? But you can have some dark chocolate. Just not the whole bar. Mm-hmm. I know. Dark chocolate. Okay. Yeah. That's you know for <laughs> yeah, I know it is the wits, but it is an acquired taste. And you got to think about, oh, I'm going to give you another one that you're going to stop. Sugar gives you wrinkles. Did you know that? Oh. Sugar can disrupt the skin's collagen production. There you go. There you go. The next time you want to go reach that sugar bar. Jeez, I'm going to have Sabrina on my shoulder. Yeah. Like, wrinkles, wrinkles. <laughs> don't do it. So That's, I don't know, maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe, what's that story, Sabrina? <laughs> So it, 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 it's about the diet. You've just yeah. said, just just by making a conscious effort to think, right, just bringing more vegetables into your diet, not not feeling hungry because you've given your body good quality food and not all that processed stuff. Yeah. Honestly, Makes some of the cravings will go. Yeah. It's true. It did. It did. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if another, maybe both yeah. of you can answer this one, but what's the best vitamins to take other than D? Like I've started to take a vitamin D every day since we spoke last and I like, I feel better. I don't know if I notice a difference. You look but, great, Donna. Right? It's doing wonders for you. You look I great. <laughs> I just have a small <laughs> little tick, but <laughs> I'm going to answer quickly. And then yeah. I'm going to hand over to Farrah because again, um, I don't do supplements. I do. I believe in good eating because really good food, um, vegetables will give you all the nutrients and, and vitamins and minerals and carbs and proteins that one supplement will give you. Here in the UK, we the, um, vitamin D is recommended, especially from the months in September to April or March, I can't remember, mm-hmm. where we have very little sun. And uh, and then also for pe- certain, certain groups of people who are indoors all the time. Mm-hmm. We need sunlight to make vitamin D. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there's studies that show why you need that. Um you know, there there are there are things that we women probably are low in when we hit midlife, like omega threes. We know in general diet is lacking in that a Western diet. Mm-hmm. And and rather than popping the omega three pill, think about um, okay. Everybody said you got to eat fatty, fatty fish. I know it's really difficult to eat three times a week. You know, but there are other things you can have like chia seeds and flax seeds mm-hmm. um, that will give you that kind of benefit. Um, and things like magnesium, we we need. Sometimes we women tend to be low in magnesium. You get restless leg, oh. anxiety, and things like that. Yeah. So looking for foods that are really rich in in magnesium, incorporating incorporating into your diet all the time, like mm-hmm. avocados and um, spinach, and you know, there's loads of things. You, so that's me. Now I'm going to hand over to Farah okay. to talk about all the <laughs> supplements and. and yeah. So I, I'm with you, Sabrina. I, I 
completely believe you should be getting all the vitamins you need from food. Mm-hmm. Um, there are situations where, you know, I think if you have symptoms that suggest a vitamin deficiency, absolutely, but you need to get tested. You need to get your doctor to, to tell you what to take. Mm-hmm. Um, again, they're, they're unregulated. So mm-hmm. with vitamins, you just, you actually just don't know what else is in them. So mm-hmm. if you take a multivitamin every day, there's, I mean, there's there's no evidence to suggest that actually that reduces your risk of heart disease or reduces your risk of mortality. In fact, some of the studies show the opposite. Um, there was a women's health, an Iowa women's health study that, that found that multivitamins were actually associated with an increased risk of mortality in older women. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm quite cautious. I think, mm-hmm. yes, I do recommend them, but only if they're deficient. And and yes, if you are still going to go out and buy vitamins, just just make sure you're getting them from a reputable source. Um, you, you know, you know what's in them, and they're good quality vitamins. Um, yeah, I, I'd say just just take them with caution. Okay. I read a study recently, and the largest um, group of people who purchase supplements are women, midlife women. Yeah, yeah. Talking- I can believe that. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and we're talking polypharmacy. So you 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 know, and and here's the thing. We're going through menopause. We have no idea what's hit us. We mm-hmm. don't even know it's perimenopause. So you mm-hmm. hit the pharmacy and you're like, right, I got this. Yeah. You know, and you pick, you look, right, yeah, I think I got this. Right, it says this on the label. I'm going to try it. Exactly. Right, you bring that home, you try it. Then the next symptom hits you. What do you do? Go back to the pharmacy or you ask somebody that my friend said to take this. Right. Before you know it, you got 10 supplements. Yeah. And it's expensive. So many yeah. supplements yeah. are really expensive. Yeah. You got to think about what are you doing to your liver and stuff? If you're going to do, if you want to do the supplements, can I, uh, here's my honest opinion. Start first with the diet and the exercise and get all that right. Mm-hmm. When, you, when you struggle then, then go see a qualified nutritionist who actually, or a dietitian or whoever specializes, and they have been trained in um, supplements. Anybody's yeah. been trained. And yeah. then go from there. Yeah. Don't take it on yourself. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's actually really smart. I think, in, I think we just all struggle and just want immediate help and immediate relief because yeah. we just feel like we're losing it a little bit so yeah Mm -hmm. just a little yeah all right we're gonna take a break right there and we'll be back thank you for joining us for part one of our two-part podcast on menopause with sabrina zeif and dr fairhat uden join us next week when we return with part two Thanks for joining us on season two of the Midlife Club podcast. Want to check us out on social media? Head on over to Facebook at the Midlife Club podcast, on Instagram at the Midlife Club podcast, or Twitter at mid underscore podcast. Thanks so much and talk to you next week.